Welcome to another episode of the EU Roundup. I'm Theodore, and this is the place where you get the rundown of last week's most important developments regarding the EU. In this week's episode, we'll take a look at the EU's Green Deal and one of its main obstacles, reforming agriculture. Brexit negotiations are still ongoing, even after last week's hiccups. We'll also have a quick round of notable news, but first, let's focus on the state of women's rights in Poland and on the outcome of recent abortion regulations. Those were the chants of Polish protesters who took to the streets as the Eastern European country finds itself back in the news for controversial reasons. The government made abortion regulations last week, which were badly received by many young Poles. The recent reforms were made in the name of Christian values. In fact, the Catholic Church has been close to power throughout Poland's recent history. Its actions have had a great influence on politics in the Eastern European state. LGBT plus rights have suffered in recent times, as many of you surely remember what happened this summer. Women's rights have been affected in much the same way, as has the freedom of speech and the media, and of course, the independence of the judiciary. That is in fact where all these changes first started. The Law and Justice Party made reforms which allowed it to have influence over the constitutional court. Judges were reappointed, and from this point on, changes in all the aforementioned domains began. But let's get back to the issue of women's rights in Poland. The recent reforms paint a grim outlook for the future of abortion rights in the country. The Polish Constitutional Court ruled that abortions undertaken because of fetal defects are now unconstitutional. This differs a lot from laws in other countries, even in those that are more conservative on the issue. In most places, women are allowed to abort if there is any defects to the yet unborn baby. The recent ruling in Poland means that women may have abortions only in cases following sexual assault or if the life of the woman is in danger. The court's decision comes after a motion from right-wing lawmakers. They argued that terminating pregnancy due to fetal defects violates a constitutional right calling for protecting the life of every individual. This is a common argument leveled by anti-abortion supporters. The issue is a polarizing one, with people standing on both sides of the spectrum. However, when such reforms are passed, they rarely reflect the sentiment of women in society. And women in Poland were definitely unhappy. So unhappy, in fact, that they gathered to protest during a pandemic, and during a time when infection rates are rising. There were men among the protesters as well, but this is a women's issue reflected in the numbers of female demonstrators. They gathered in front of the Constitutional Court, and later moved on to the ruling party's headquarters. The protesters were peaceful and did not look to incite any violence. However, the police ended up using tear gas. They also blocked off the residence of Jaroslav Kaczynski's house, where the demonstrators later gathered as well. Kaczynski is the leader of the Law and Justice Party and the most influential politician in Poland. He is seen as responsible for the direction which the country has taken and for the recent abortion law reforms. The Council of Europe's Commissioner for Human Rights, Dunja Mijatovic, reacted to the recent news. In her words, it was a sad day for women's rights. As it stands, Poland has moved even further away from any progressive values. 
but it's good to see that a part of the population stands up for their rights. Furthermore, Polish women who wanted to abort already had to usually do it in neighboring Slovakia or the Czech Republic. Associations such as Abortion Without Borders are also active in the region. They take on themselves to provide information and solutions for women not only in Poland. They also have an affiliated association which helps Polish women specifically. As the Eastern European country becomes more and more conservative, discriminated groups have had to find other ways to help themselves. Somehow, the Brexit negotiations are still on the political agenda as well as in the media. Last week's European Council summit prompted British Prime Minister Boris Johnson to put the talks on hold. In fact, the deadline set by Johnson, the 15th of October, was crossed. So there was a lot of uncertainty around the deal on the EU and the UK's trade and political relationship. Last week, Michel Barnier, the EU's chief negotiator, held talks with his counterpart David Frost. That was the perceived last attempt to salvage a deal. At first, their discussions did not amount to any agreement. EU officials were reportedly annoyed by what they saw as time-wasting by the UK. The two negotiators pulled back. However, they held two subsequent phone calls where hopes were raised. Initially, it was believed that the EU expected the UK to make compromises but was not willing to do the same on its part. In the course of the two phone calls in question, that appears to have changed. However, it was a third phone call, reportedly lasting nearly an hour, which broke the deadlock. The talks will now move forward once more. The two sides will start working on a legal text but have set no deadline this time. It is expected that a finalization will happen mid-November. That would give the European Parliament time to ratify the document. The next part of the process will be just as difficult, but at least the two sides are now moving in the same direction, towards a final deal. This is not just our vision for a climate-neutral continent, it is a roadmap for action. It will be a very long and partly bumpy road, without any question. But it is to us, up to us, to set the pace. It is up to us to leave no one behind. And we know that it is doable. We are determined to succeed for the sake of this planet and life on it. That was EU Commissioner Ursula von der Leyen introducing the Green Deal back in 2019. The bloc is moving forward in its plans regarding this policy. Its ambition is to make Europe carbon neutral by 2050. This is one of the major flagships of the current commission and on a larger scale it should have a big influence on future generations. One hurdle that the European project will have to jump over is agriculture. This sector of the economy contributes significantly to greenhouse gas emissions. Carbon dioxide and methane being some of the main culprits. The agricultural sector produces those by crop cultivation and livestock production. So it is clear that there are some needed reforms to be done when moving forward. But concerning the European Union and its efforts, there are some worries. Namely, that the Green Deal's ecological ambitions are being watered down. Recent talks were being held between EU officials to determine specifics of the common agricultural policy. That section of the EU budget is one of the most significant ones. It amounts to 48 billion euros each year during the next seven years of the budget. There has been some serious lobbying on the agricultural front and even a pushback on some reforms by countries like Italy and Poland. 
However, even EU Agriculture Commissioner Janusz Wojciechowski has recently sounded a warning. He stated he was concerned about some of the proposals on the table as they would not allow Europe to reach its objectives. People are worried that due to recent changes, countries will be able to get around the goals set by the Green Deal. Subsidies such as the so-called eco-schemes are a major element of that. At the moment, these projects are supposed to be compulsory for EU countries, but voluntary for farmers to join. There are also workarounds on the cash. Funds which were not successfully deployed in eco-schemes at the end of a two-year period would be reinvested in non-green, old-school farming projects. Possible loopholes such as these are what give many of the policy's critics cause for concern. Climate activists are also on the opinion that the common agriculture policy is a step back from the set objectives. They took to Twitter to oppose the CAP days before the European Parliament's vote. It is important to point out that this issue pits farmers against environmentalists. The former depending largely on the subsidies in order to make a living, especially in the current context of the pandemic. As it turned out, the amendments to the policy in question were voted down. But the Parliament and Member States will negotiate with the European Commission to reach a final agreement on the new CAP in 2021. So there is still time for it to be adapted to properly address the goals that the EU has set in terms of climate and pollution. And now, here's a quick round of news from last week. Electric vehicle sales in Europe have increased significantly over the last few years. They have surpassed even some of the more optimistic forecasts. The change in preference can be noticed mostly in the continent's big economies. And it is attributed to CO2 emission regulations by the European Parliament. Luxembourg itself has seen a notable increase in fully electronic vehicles largely due to government subsidies. According to statistics back in 2018, there were 550 such vehicles in circulation in the Grand Duchy, whereas today their number has risen up to 3,000. Over in the UK, a businessman by the name of Barry Thompson has come up with a new source for electricity. He has created a cylindrical wind turbine that can connect to roadside lampposts. That way, the invention can harness the untapped energy from moving vehicles. What's great about this is that it uses already existing infrastructure. Furthermore, the wind turbines should power the lampposts that they would be attached to. The design has been forwarded to the UK authorities for large-scale application and it is expected to be tested on highways in the foreseeable future. That technology could go some way in helping the UK reach its carbon-neutral status by 2050. That was all for today's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with another episode, as always, on Tuesday at 9.30.